0: The Stand Student Podcast is brought to you by Stand, a Suez Educational Development Initiative, supported by Irish Aid. Learn more about the work that Stand does with young people across Ireland at stand.ie. Hello and welcome to the Stand Student Podcast. My name is Anson and I'm a recent graduate from TCD. I'll be your host for the Stand Student Podcast and feel free to send us your comments on Instagram at stand.ie or Twitter at STAND underscore IE. In just one week, our entire lives have changed. Schools, pubs, workplaces, museums, and many other venues have closed. Gigs, matches, festivals have all been cancelled and even the the Leaving Cert and Junior Cert oral and practice performance tests have been cancelled. All this to try and contain COVID-19. Ireland increases to 366 confirmed cases at the time of this recording. Amid all this uncertainty, we find ourselves at home in self-isolation or social distancing. Even for myself, I'm recording this from home and we are conducting all interviews remotely. So how do students keep safe and sane while we wait for updates on what's going to happen next? Joining me now is Lorna Fitzpatrick, president of Union Students Ireland. Lorna, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today.
1: No problem. Thanks for inviting me on. Awesome.
0: So, wow. Pressing times indeed to be the president of the USI. How you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm good. Look, it's a a very busy time. There's an awful lot of uncertainty out there. um, And so we're doing our best um, to to try and get as many answers as we possibly can for students and to work with all the the other stakeholders in the sector to make sure that students are are supported during this time.
0: Yeah, wow. Um, Well, yeah, exactly. Let's just get right into like the school closures. I think lots of students are um, concerned with like what's going to happen. Are you Are you able to provide any insights for potentially being closed indefinitely for the remainder of the year or, you know, if if exams will be canceled, stuff like that?
1: Yeah, well, I suppose, look, there's an awful lot of things to to take into consideration when um, closures take place. So technically, the closure that is currently on the cards is only on the cards until the 29th. Um, but anyone who watched or, watched or heard the Shock speech the other night may be questioning whether that's going to be extended. So some universities have said that they're suspending on campus teaching and um, others have not. So the basic answer on it, if they're going to remain closed or not, is to, to keep an eye um on the college websites and so on for, for that details and um, information, but while they're closed in terms of on campus teaching, um, for the time being at least, um, higher education institutions and further education colleges um have been advised to offer lectures and cl- classes online where possible. So that's a, a new style for an awful lot of students and for an awful lot of lecturers, um, and and teachers. So um. It's important that students contact their lecturers for advice or support if they're finding that kind of um, difficult, or if they're unsure about how they're supposed to engage with it. And if they can't engage with it, if they don't have the um, the infrastructure like laptops and so on, or if they have poor internet connectivity, um, it's important that they they raise those um, concerns and those issues with their lecturers and with their college. Um, in terms of exams again that's another element of an evolving situation Um, and we did receive um, assurances from the department of education and skills last week that each higher education institution so all the colleges and universities would issue guidance to their students about their exams so Mm
0: -hmm. um,
1: it is an ongoing situation and it is evolving and there's an awful lot of and things up in the air at the moment and i know that that can make people extremely anxious Um, and but i suppose if we can assure people that we're that everybody is doing their best to ensure we get as many answers as we possibly can as quickly as possible
0: yeah yeah it's it's sort of like a day by day thing and that's sort of the the big challenge for everybody we're all sort of looking towards the future but we're all stuck by these daily announcements sort of thing um
1: yeah that's very true
0: And I was so I was just finished my master's last year and I had a sort of a chat with some of my peers and we were just saying like how much our lives would be different if this happened to us last year. Um, How is like this core cohort of students feeling about this.
1: Yeah, well, I suppose it is. It's a difficult time for everyone. Um, None of us have experienced a pandemic like this before in our lives. Um, So there is an awful lot of concern um, and an awful lot of uncertainty. Um, And so that takes its toll on people. There's also a lot of um, concern for people outside of their education, but also for their families and and for their friends. And maybe themselves um, are... Um, immunocompromised and immunocompromised and so on. So there's an awful lot of worry there, um, and that's why I think it's it's really important to um, remind people of the the government and HSE advice, and and to really um, encourage people to to follow that, and um, because it it's there for a reason and it's there to to, to help us, I suppose. But um, in terms of the the education side of things and, and college side of things, um there is an awful lot of uncertainty but as i said i i suppose i really just want to assure students that like all major stakeholders in higher education and further education are are doing their very best here we we speak daily um to um all the major stakeholders to to try and make sure we can find solutions and, and communicate them out to people as as quickly as we possibly can um but i think the the main thing here is that people need to be as informed as they possibly can and as these decisions are being made they are being communicated through either their student email or or on the the college websites and so it's really important to to keep a check on them and so that they're aware of of developments as as they take place.
0: Excellent that's really good for for students to know. Um, So there's there's one thing uh, that happened recently I, I sort of want to get the, the story straight, I've sort of heard a lot of things, I've read a couple of different things, maybe some information, but um, were, in, in relation to what happened at Trinity, um, were the campus residences like actually just cleared out, students were sort of given 24 hours to 48 hours notice, um, what, what, what exactly happened there?
1: yeah um so this came out earlier this week um, where students um, received an email from the the college um, to say that they must vacate their their accommodation um and stay away stay at home i suppose um, until they were they were told that they could return um, and there was quite a, a short time frame on that um and I suppose that decision was made um, without engaging with the Students' Union. Um, and so it did result in a lot of confusion and, and an awful lot of upset as well, I think. Um, but the Students' Union and ourselves and USI um, got together and, and we um, got in touch with other kind of key stakeholders and decision makers to see what could be done. Um, because we, we thought it was unfair that students were asked to, to move with, um move out of their homes, I suppose, oh, with um such a short period of time or such short notice. Um so thankfully um we, we were able to to get in touch with a couple of those key people and there was an awful lot of support um from from different people um, and Trinity did decide to, to kind of change the position now. So um people aren't being forced out in, in that short time frame or anything like that. And um, there's a long list of um of criteria that if people um, meet those criteria. So, for example, um, if somebody is going to be facing homelessness, or if they're they're expected to, if they they have a family member at home who is. Um, who is high risk, say they have underlying conditions and so on. They don't they don't need to, to leave the premises any longer. Um, and and they can remain in their accommodation in, in Trinity. Um, and they just need to we were a little bit concerned about what the process was going to be for managing that. And um, so Trinity have outlined to us that it's very much just that the, the student just needs to make their um make them aware of the, the fact that they meet one of those criteria and then they're they're perfectly fine to remain on campus. Um so yeah, so we, we did see a, a change there which we very much welcome. Um and I suppose other colleges have um, made decisions in relation to this as well, and we've seen DCU, and um, I think it was just yesterday or just this week, um, announced that um, nobody on in any of their on-campus accommodation will, will have to leave, and um, so so people are more than welcome to stay in, in their homes, um, in in DCU there too. Oh,
0: that's good. That's good. Well, yeah, that was sort of like a, I got sent that that story by a friend, and we were just like, holy smokes, what are these students gonna do? Um, it's just wild uh, so it's nice yeah and- i think it,
1: it just shows that it's really important that universities and institutions engage with their students union before they make these kind of decisions because obviously like that the minute that we found out about it we were extremely concerned about it and so i suppose before the decision is made it would be useful to, to ensure that there's that engagement so that we can prevent that kind of thing from happening
0: definitely um so you touched on this um briefly about you know sort of Uh, the format for what and how these and how classes are going to proceed um sort of being virtual and that's not necessarily what lots of the students signed up for um so would you have any tips for for students or even those of us who are working from home uh, and sort of struggling with it and being productive um do you have any sort of tips on, on how to work around that
1: yeah of course I suppose there's um two different sections in terms of having to remain at home um now and and one of them is most definitely around those um working from home and studying and trying to complete your coursework from home but there's also the other side of um kind of maybe that fear of isolation and and being um cooped up all the time so I I have a couple of tips on on both areas if, if that's okay of course um but USI partnered with the um, the National Forum for the Enhancement of Teaching and Learning um, to develop um, 10 points to remember when learning online because we, we know that this is a, a, a new space for an awful lot of people. Um, and so we wanted to be able to provide people with um, with advice there. So that's available on the USI website as well. So people can go and check it out. We have a, spec- a specific page on the website for um, COVID-19 um, and advice for students in relation to that. So people can Go on there and check it out, um. But just to give you a, a couple of them, um, for for now, um, it's about maybe like make sure that you're online ready. So if there's any reason why you find it difficult to engage in online um, teaching. So as I said, if you have that poor Wi-Fi connection or um, maybe you don't have the right device or the right software, you need to contact your lecturer straight away. Um, But also then like um, setting up a workstation um, wherever you're you're kind of working from and make sure that that's kind of free from distractions um, and maybe have some home comforts there like a a cup of tea or some fruit and close enough so that you can you can settle in and stay motivated but the location of that if you can make sure that that's outside of your bedroom that'd be really helpful and that's always that's not always going to be possible but if you're spending all your time in in the one room that can be quite difficult for people Um and then I suppose um building a routine so um don't just kind of spend the time at home kind of clicking in and out or um deciding to do this for for now and then move on to something else then um kind of playing it a little bit ad hoc it it can be much more beneficial if you kind of set out a routine um and make sure you're getting up in the morning and, and if you've always had a cup of coffee when you wake up then always have your cup of coffee when you wake up but um just follow that kind of routine um and get your breakfast and and schedule your day and um, we have study planners available on the USI website as well and um, that you can kind of block out different sections of the day for like different subjects but also then blocking out different times to take breaks because it's really important that you take those breaks and that you, you get some fresh air um, and, and you're eating healthily and so on and, and that then you're coming back um, and doing a little bit more so and um, that structure is is really important and then the last one that I'll um, I'll touch on here is, um, I suppose, looking into the um, virtual learning environment that you may have. Some people use Moodle, some people use um, Blackboard, and and there's other ones like that as well. But there can be quick guidelines and and tutorials on those websites about how to use them properly and how to get the most out of them. Um, So it's really important that you understand the the kind of um, structure for that kind of website as well. Um, so they'd be the top tips in relation to learning. But as I said, there's more of them available on the website. Um, but outside of learning, and, and I suppose the the fact that people are... Um are kind of kept in in their houses now and, and don't have as much social interaction um, and, and may be feeling a little bit isolated Um, it's important that they kind of continue to check in with friends and with family and now we have um, like Skype and Facebook calls and mm-hmm. and uh, WhatsApp calls and all the rest of it that people can do that really easily so it's really important that, that you um, you stay in touch with your friends and stay in touch with your family um, and, and have those kind of social interactions using um those kind of platforms and um, but it's also a find that like you can maybe do something a little bit more creative and pick up that instrument that's been sitting in the corner of the room and and youtube some videos on on how to to play it or um learning new language and and so on there's loads of great resources online to to help people with that um so there there are a couple of things but i suppose it is really um really key that people kind of have that sort of routine and um try to stick to it as best as they can um and that they reach out to, to their friends and family and maybe reach out to maybe some elderly people in the area who uh, may need additional support at this time as well and support people and support each other as much as we can through this time it's new for us all and we're we're all trying to do our best but we we can all pay, play a little part in making it um a little bit easier for everybody absolutely absolutely um
0: Well, yeah, that's pretty much all I had to ask you. Unless you have anything else that you'd want to sort of say to the students of Ireland here?
1: No, I suppose the, the only thing I'll say is to, to keep an eye on that website. Um, it's www.usi.ie forward slash COVID. And we'll be updating that regularly with um, advice and tips um, for, for students um, in relation to, to COVID-19 and, and the coronavirus. I know, it's a, a, as I say, it's a, a difficult time for everybody, but we'll keep that updated as much as we possibly can um, to make sure that people have the information that they need um, to, to help them through this.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to chat with me today, I really appreciate it.
1: No problem. Thanks so much. Awesome.
0: In closing our COVID-19 segment of the podcast, I just want to encourage everyone to take this social distancing seriously. I know it sucks and it's weird and just sort of surreal to not live our daily lives normally, but it is just so important. Today, Italy has reached nearly 3,400 deaths because their healthcare systems are flooded and they do not have the capacity to deal with this ruthless virus. Social social distancing and self-isolation will help flatten the curve and help healthcare systems deal with COVID-19. And ideally to stop the situation we're seeing in Italy, from happening anywhere else. I'm going to have a chance to practice what I'm preaching here this weekend, as I have to return to Canada due to border restrictions. There's a required two weeks self-isolation period when arriving in Canada. That means little to no physical contact with anyone. Well, it's going to be super weird and awkward to not hug and spend time with my family for the first two weeks, who I haven't seen for months. I have a grandma who is 85 plus years old and parents who are in their 60s. This virus has not been kind to those age brackets. So I'm going to take this isolation seriously. If you're having a hard time conceptualizing the importance of these social distancing and self-isolation measures just to consider the risks the virus imposes on the most vulnerable in our societies. And if that doesn't do it for you, then think of your grandparents. And if not that, then please think of mine. It's not often there is a call of duty for every citizen to make their country a better and safer place. So I say, embrace it and put your best foot forward to flatten that curve and get this stupid virus out of here now i don't know about you but can anyone remember what we talked about before coronavirus let's try and get our minds off that for a bit and go to another important topic in our episode world water day which is of course today world water day is a united nations initiative that celebrates and advocates for this absolutely essential and limited resource and here's some key and important facts less than 1% of the world's water is actually drinkable by 2050 up to 5.7 billion people could be living in areas where water is scarce for at least one month a year currently 780 million people still lack access to safe water and just 30% of what the world spends on bottled water every year would pay to provide clean water for the 780 million people without it. And that's the thing, a lot of people here in Ireland still feel like our water is unsafe to drink and resort to bottled water as a result. However, there are students out there who are working hard to clean up our precious waterways, like Martin Huhan from UCC. Let's tune into a chat I had with Martin earlier this month. I'm here with Martin Keohan from UCC. He's a third year student um, in sports studies and physical education, and a huge part of the UCC Canoe Club. Um, And he started an interesting project to clean up some crucial waterways here in Ireland. Martin, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me today. Yeah,
2: thanks very much for having me.
0: Awesome. So do you want to tell me a little bit more about um, what you're working on, on our waterways here in Ireland?
2: Yes, yeah, so um, I suppose we're down in Cork um, by the River Lee and part of UC Canoe Club we've kind of started it's more of kind of a hobby or maybe just a slight initiative to help clean up the, the River Lee. So it's um, every Friday after river sessions, uh, we kind of just pick up whatever we can find. Uh, generally, bottles or cans um, and maybe some fishing line and stuff. And then generally what we've started to then during the summer months, uh, we go out with the sole intention of just clean up the river itself. And get as much waste off the river as possible before it kind of you know goes into the ocean and before it gets out of out of the
0: Cork region and into the ocean. Right, and is it is it you and, and some fellow students from the canoe co- club or who who's all up there? Yeah, so that? generally
2: it would just be the UCC canoe club at the moment. Um, there's a lot more initiatives in UCC as well. Um, so like the environment stock would do quite a bit, but for the river cleans, it would be about kind of between half a dozen to a dozen of us that would just head out and and do what we can.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. And I mean, it's kind. Of, I feel like it's it's sort of obvious to see sort what sort of issue you're you're trying to solve here, and like you know, pollution getting into our waterways and whatnot. But do you want to talk a little bit more about that issue broadly? Like, what are you what are you trying to solve by by cleaning up the waters there?
2: Um, yeah. So I suppose just sprung off the whole idea of um, trying to act locally um, to make a global difference to a degree. Um, so I'm sure you're aware of it, but the like the sustainable development goals. So fourteen is, is life underwater. Um, and there's a lot more too, just clean water and climate and making a difference there. So the way we we kind of saw it was that any pollution any waste or pollution that was in the water is flowing into the ocean and it's moving away from a local issue and it's kind of just been passed on to a global issue. Um, and I'm sure you're you're aware of the amount of plastic that's been put into our oceans um, and the the very bad effects that that has on life in the ocean um, and just general pollution. So we're trying to focus on that and combat it very much from a local level, and try to avoid as much waste running into the ocean as possible.
0: Awesome. So is that sort of your 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 inspiration there, or was there um, like a more personal personal level to? it? Um,
2: well, I suppose it originated. Um, I actually went away with Suez in twenty eighteen. Um, and I was in India for a summer um, and we used to get the train to, to the school that I was in and there was a river along the way and that was just very, very heavily polluted and there was probably more rubbish than, than water in it and then I suppose when we came, when I came home I was kind of thinking about like, what, what could I do locally and that kind of kept coming up that image and then I kind of discovered that like, I was on the river two or three times a week anyway and i was seeing a lot of rubbish um, and I think that was kind of the initial step to it but then I realized how easy it is um, and how important it is as well. And as I said, it's a look into a bit more. Like the statistics related to the amount of pollution in the ocean is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and I just got a bit more involved with that way then, And again, along with a lot of other people within the canoe club and the general community, um, they, were, they were quite up for it
0: um, and wanted to get involved as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely sort of, I, I can sort of empathize with some of your experiences there, like having traveled in been very lucky to travel as much as i have and you kind of go to these places and sometimes you think wow you know they could do a lot better job cleaning up their waterways and um their environment and then you come home and and if you if you sort of take a harder look at what's going on at home there's (laughs) lots of times there's influences there and you can um it can be a motivating factor to to try and improve what's going on at home as well Yeah, Um, yeah
2: very true very true
0: Um, so you, you started in Cork, um, what, what are your plans for the future? Are you guys trying to connect with other schools and stuff? So yeah, with that, it's kind of,
2: um, still up in the air to a degree. I think the, you know, the kayaking community within Ireland are becoming a good bit more like environmentally conscious, which is really, really good. Um, but that is potentially something that we could look into is connecting up with other colleges to get similar initiatives involved, um, and kind of a similar project in other in other colleges along different rivers. Um, I think the other one as well is just looking at different ways that we can reduce it, so even spreading awareness locally, um, like having a chat with, with people that are just along the riverbank as what we're doing has been quite good, and we've got quite a good few um, positive remarks on what we are doing.
0: That's awesome. I mean, as a former Trinity student just last year and having to walk by um, the Liffey a few times, It'd be great to get you know the shopping carts and some of the, yeah. the skateboards <laughs> and when the tide's out on the River Liffey, you sure get a glimpse into, um, you know what you're talking about. Definitely, it's a serious yeah. issue.
2: Um, yeah, and it's it's almost hidden to a degree a lot of the time, um, and you don't really see it. But when you do go look at it, you realize there's quite a lot there. And you yeah. know, if it was on, if the amount of rubbish was on the street, you'd you'd say there is a major issue. But the fact it's in the river, people can almost look past it to a degree.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. So you would say you'd have some you'd have you in your conversations with other students, you you'd you'd have positive reactions, people want to get involved. Yeah, generally it's kind of like if people do want to get involved, they're always well up for it. Um
2: and maybe if it just isn't their thing, no one's kind of come across in any negative remarks in it. Um and even a few of the the locals that would have along it kind of see what we're doing, they kind of show in, and then they have a chat with us and they just say it's brilliant um and it's just nice you know it's, you get you get a bit more out of it as well for yourself you get kind of you know that good feeling as well awesome so uh how can how can students get involved at their at their schools um so i suppose just look to set up something similar um like if you're in ucc and you're, you're listening to this or even CIT and the likes of that um drop ucc canoe club uh, a line on instagram or anything um i give myself a shout and we can try just get it going it's literally a matter, I suppose, for ourselves as we just got up and did it. There was no, you know, we didn't have to think about it loads. We just said, look, let's just do this. And I think as a kayaker, you're in the position that you're, you're on the river anyway, and you're in kind of a unique position that you're able to do something quite easily um, just by adding five minutes at the end of a session to it. Um, and I think, yeah, just, just go for it, see what you can do with it. And again, get in contact with us if you do want any help starting off and stuff. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Well, it sounds like you guys got some great stuff bubbling there and um, I wish you guys all the best. Um, Thanks so much for taking the time and chat with me today, Martin. I really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, no worries though. Thanks very much to yourself as well.
0: Thanks. Thanks for that, Martin. It's definitely helpful to hear um, about some students who are doing something positive despite being in these uh, strange and unprecedented times if any of these issues on the show today have affected you in any negative way or if you're just down in general there are many services that are here to help we've listed some of them for you in in the description of this podcast and that's all from us this month we hope to um, be talking to you in much sunnier days next time I'm Anson and this has been the Stan Student Podcast thanks for listening